In the federal IT world, modernization often gets measured through dashboards and scorecards. And if agencies don't post high grades, they might hear about it from Congress. But when it comes to moving from on-site data centers to the cloud, agencies face substantial workforce and culture challenges that aren't always reflected in those metrics. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. Now more than ever, agencies have a wealth of vendors, products, and contract vehicles to choose from when it comes to moving to the cloud. But what if the biggest challenges have nothing to do with technology? Dan Jacobs is the Senior Security Architect for the Centers of Excellence at the General Services Administration's Technology Transformation Services. Speaking at a recent Symantec conference, he said one of the biggest hurdles to cloud migration boils down to people and culture. In your cloud journey, the greatest challenge may be to change the narrative away from incentivizing product-heavy siloed security models. Some of those may look great on the dashboard, but we need to move the incentive towards outcome-based cooperative systems that are directly aimed at the relevant, credible threats that you're experiencing today. That focus around collaboration shouldn't be too much of a surprise. GSA's Centers of Excellence focus on building a common set of tools for agencies to transform their IT architecture and the way they deliver services. In his previous job as the State Department's Senior Cloud Security Architect, Jacobs led efforts on making the agency's Foreign Affairs Network the first cloud-exclusive FISMA moderate enterprise as a service. He also helped pave the way for Security Operations Center, or SOC, as a service before the idea gained wide acceptance in government. And when cybersecurity personnel were tasked with making small agencies more secure under the Obama administration's Cybersecurity National Action Plan, Jacobs got a chance to pitch his ideas to the federal chief information officer at the time, Tony Scott. Here, Jacobs gives an overview of how that conversation went. The best thing that we could do for these folks is provide them five, six, maybe seven core services, provide them well, and we don't have to worry about the security because we can do that centrally. And he said, I'm really surprised. I expected a security solution. And I said, well, with respect, Tony, sometimes the best security solution isn't actually a security solution at all. And so the philosophy that I'd like to provide here, the takeaway is sometimes a product is not necessarily the answer. Sometimes it's something else. It might be workforce modernization, it might be training, it might be any number of things. But if you have 125 products in order to score an ATO for your enterprise, maybe 126 isn't what's going to get you there. But Jacob said there's one tool that agencies aren't taking enough advantage of, and that's bug bounties. The Defense Department launched its Hack the Pentagon initiative a few years ago. That effort has spread to the military services like Hack the Air Force and Hack the Army. But at civilian agencies, there's only been a few takers. GSA launched its bug bounty program in 2017. The Census Bureau launched a bug bounty earlier this year as part of its prep work for the 2020 census. Some national security agencies, like the FBI, have said they'll keep their penetration testing in-house. But Jacobs said more agencies should consider the benefits of bug bounty programs. What we're saying is that I am going to hire thousands and thousands and thousands of security researchers to take a look at my stuff to deliver vulnerabilities to me, and I'm going to pay them what I think those vulnerabilities are worth. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not going to find a whole lot of other opportunities where you get to decide how much you pay thousands of security researchers to work persistently for you. It is a fantastic opportunity. Other agencies have run into similar people-centric problems when it comes to moving to the cloud. The Energy Department and its national labs, for example, have had some early cloud adopters, as well as some who are less ready for the change. But one sign of progress is the agency is moving its headquarters desktop infrastructure to the cloud. Denise Hill is Energy's acting deputy CIO for enterprise policy. 
Here, she gave an overview of what went into that latest cloud migration effort. One of the things that we did was we took it slow and we took it easy with moving some early, smaller applications into the cloud to make sure that they were fully functioning, that we kicked the tires on it, and then put together a schedule to move other more aggressive applications into the same cloud. But we wanted to start early, get some lessons learned, make some adjustments, and then schedule the next round. Energy is also consolidating its data centers in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Germantown, Maryland. Hill said the migration hasn't been as smooth as some might have expected. Here, she gives an overview of some of the lessons learned from the workforce. You make an assumption that if it's FedRAP certified and if it's already tried and true, that we can just zip, zam, boom, move the application and be done with it. Well, one of the lessons learned is that because you're a cybersecurity person does not mean that you're going to pick up the tool in the cloud and be able to use it as transparently as you thought you would be able to. So you have to figure out there's a training and a learning that has to go along with anything in the cloud just because it looks like the same box is not the same box and taking some time to learn the tools and then do the knowledge transfer to other people as they're teed up to move their application into the cloud. Andrew Marquardt is the chief enterprise architect of the Interior Department's Bureau of Reclamation. They handle water management for the western United States. He said moving to the cloud is about more than just moving your infrastructure he said if it's done right, cloud migration is an opportunity for cultural transformation. Rather than just moving systems or applications to the cloud, Marquardt said the agency has looked at migration in terms of moving work systems. So what's a work system? So a work system is any combination of automated, manual, semi-automated processes that you use to accomplish work. So somebody, somebody takes a physical form, goes through the office, checks off whatever, you know, how many people have to deal with somebody walking around once a year and go with a physical print off, check, 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 and then that gets put into the computer and all of that. Well, that's a work system, right? So what we looked at was how can the cloud really transform our work systems? Marquardt said the agency's small program offices had anywhere from three to five work systems and larger offices had up to 15 work systems. By taking this approach, Marquardt said, here's what the Bureau was able to accomplish. When we've been able to do that and really automate a lot of those work systems and take advantage of the cloud and open them up so people can do things from their phones or tablets or whatever, we've seen tremendous efficiencies come up and using the cloud systems that are secured on the platform. You're designing business solutions to meet your work systems, to meet your needs, and you're doing it in a secure way. But the move to the cloud isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Marquardt said that his agency needed to consider what employees in what environments needed to use that cloud solution. We have people that are literally going to sites. They have to take either Jeeps in the summer or snowshoes in the winter to access stuff. There's no, there's no cell signal up there. There's no Wi-Fi up there. So we had to design, make sure we were tailoring a lot of our solutions for things like inspections to actually work online, offline, in low bandwidth environments. If we designed those kinds of solutions with an average user in mind, we would have missed that whole thing. And all of our cloud adoption from a cultural perspective would have been who cares? This thing doesn't work when I need it for the guy that has to snowshoe up the mountain, right? So I know th those are extreme examples, but they're really not, especially with anybody that's working in the defense industry. That's a pretty common design. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. And you can find Jory's report at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zell. 
Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.